Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And the cat's sitting on my lap. Can I get him to say something? Yeah, I can. <laughs> he was being real noisy earlier. Yeah. Yep. He's in a communicative mood today. Oh, yes. Like like he tends to be. Yep. So, guess what happened within the past couple weeks? What happened? The uh, the opening, tr- not trailer, but like the, the opening uh, sequence movie from Kingdom Hearts 3 dropped online. Oh. And oh, now yeah. I can think of nothing else. I, oh, damn it. My... <laughs> Uh, my old coworker who is very into Kingdom Hearts, like he's played every game on proud mode like multiple times. I think is mm-hmm. I think is proud mode is that right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, proud mode. Like some he's... of them I think have critical mode, but like the original one is proud mode. Yeah. so I um, think of it as proud mode. That's fair. He's like played all the games on proud mode multiple times, and he's like really into it. And he sent that to me, and I was like. Chris, what the fuck is going... (laughs) What is going on? And I think what I said after that was, you know, I think the biggest strength of Kingdom Hearts is that nothing that ever happens makes any sense, but it looks cool, so you can just (laughs) chop up every... Like, you can just chop up the cutscenes, and it looks like a cool music video. Yeah. (laughs) So that's... I mean, more or less. Yeah. Um, I, I found out like in within the past month or so that there's like at least two Kingdom Hearts games that I have not played, um, and they're obviously not like real mainline ones. But I'm like, oh, I have to find a way to play these between now and the end of January, and I don't oh, have a PS4. Are you even a real fan? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah. What? I mean, I feel that way about myself. That sounds insulting, but I feel that way about myself. <laughs> uh, do, do they have, like, lore-relevant uh, occurrences in them? The thing is, all Kingdom Hearts games do. I Even the true. stupid little ones have like something. Like the mobile ones? I was about to yeah. say, does anyone of them have any? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's but, a better question to ask. I mean, yes, but also no, but also yes. Um, some of them are more, like, mainstream than others. Some of them just tell you, like, bits of backstory. But there's, like, I was astonished when Kingdom Hearts 2 came out how much uh, Chain of Memories mattered to the Kingdom oh. Hearts 2 plot. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the, like, throwaway in-between game. They're going to have to write Kingdom Hearts 2, so it doesn't really matter if you played that game or not. And they sort of did, but also there's some really important stuff in that game. Yeah, I, like, that's the main reason why I have not played past the first game. Because... Because you don't want to play all of the games? Yeah, exactly. And that's why, like... My boyfriend has the remixes, so I'm just gonna play those eventually. Yeah, I mean, the, the remixes are all of the games, Exactly. Basically. So so it's like, it's great for people like me who don't want to have a PSP and a DS and a 3DS and a mobile device and a Game Boy Advance... <laughs> And a PS2, uh, what am I missing? Um, well, Green now you, you need a, I was going to say, you need a 3DS or PS4 for the uh, the 2.8 remix. Yeah. 
I was just thinking of like Dream Drop Distance being on there, but like, like I will take the PS4 condensed remix version over having to amass a number <laughs> yeah. of now obsolete, not obsolete, but now you know dated yeah. consoles. Uh, yeah, that's was fair. There, was there ever an installment on the Vita? I, there wasn't, was there? No, the, there was one on the PSP, but okay. none on the. Yeah, no, the I knew, I knew there was one on the PSP, but I didn't, I didn't think there was one. But how sad yeah. for the Vita. yeah like everybody else got a kingdom hearts game and the vita didn't get anything and to be fair if you were gonna like if you were new to the series uh and even if you had all those other consoles i would remember i would recommend getting the remix versions anyway because they've like the ones that were otherwise on mobile they have like nice big Re, like re-rendered full cutscenes. yeah and the, the remixes and they fixed some of the like awful UX problems when from versions that had awful UX problems. Nice. Yeah, they and they did a remaster of whatever was on the Game Boy Advance, right? I think uh, I think that was just Chain of Memories. Okay. And I actually don't know if that was Advance or if that was DS. That might have already been DS. It might have been. I feel like I feel like I remember there being something on the on the GBA, but I could be wrong. I mean, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I, I'm not, like I said, I am not really into this series, but <laughs> enough people who are close to me are very into it, so <laughs> I have to pick yeah, it all it's, it's a, The thing is, like, I told myself that I didn't want to get too excited about it, because, like, I, I'm terrified that it's going to be bad, and that I'm going to be super disappointed. But then I was talking to a friend about it, and he was like, I feel like as an adult... We have so much, so many fewer opportunities to get truly excited about things that you should just take it when it comes up, and you know, and if it's bad, it's bad. But like, you know, enjoy the excitement while it's there. So I'm taking that advice, and I'm yeah. just getting real hype. That's a nice. That's a really nice way of thinking about it. Actually, I like that a lot. I was having a conversation uh, recently with with uh, the the same friend who has played all the games on proud mode, and he was like. Yeah, it really sucks, but like after Fallout seventy six, because like we're both we're both Bethesda enjoyers, if not you know outright fans. But he's like, yeah, I just I can't after Fallout seventy six and that whole debacle. I just I can't be excited about Starfield. I can't be excited about Elder Scrolls six. Like I just I feel nothing. I'm like, oh Chris, that's so sad, but I get it. Yeah. So it's like, listen, this game has been seven years in the making, like, or or longer. I don't even remember at yeah. this point. And you know what? If I want to get excited about a, da- a game, I'm going to get excited about a damn game. Yeah. So. I mean, the, those those long dev cycles are really a crapshoot. It could end up being great, like... Yeah, and it's also, like, super unclear because most of the time when there's a game that you're waiting, like, a decade for or whatever, you're just waiting for that game. Whereas with the Kingdom Hearts series, we've had, like, five other games in the meantime, some of which are basically continuations of the main plot. So, like, Dream Drop Distance just straight up takes place after Kingdom Hearts 2 and is, like, a chunk of relevant plots. And at least you can have the assurance that whatever they have been working on this whole time has probably at all points during development been Kingdom Hearts 3. It's not like a Final Fantasy 15 situation where it started out as like 13 verses and then 13 verses got scrapped so then things got 
put into what became 15. Uh, So that's, like, a good sign. But then again, Duke Nukem Forever was in development for forever. Yeah. And it was... (laughs) Not yeah, this good. one this one at least didn't didn't have to change dev teams <laughs> midway. Uh, they did yeah. change consoles because it was originally going to be for the PS3. That's and true. I think part of the production hell is that like because it's Disney adjacent and Disney movies keep coming out in the meantime, yeah. they're like, oh shit, they're going to demand like a Frozen world now. Now we have to like you know st- rewrite things so that there can be a Frozen world yeah. and do all the dev for a Frozen world and while you're doing that you know like Moana comes out and you're like fuck we're not putting Moana into this game we have to finish it so- at some point yeah like having both Frozen and Big Hero 6 in I think are both confirmed right is that yeah well I know Frozen yeah. is I, I can't remember about Big Hero 6 at least, but... at least characters from it are I don't know if it's it's okay. a whole own world or not yeah but I mean like Frozen's probably a good thing to push. Yeah. That Since, movie blew up. I mean, Frozen's yeah. still popular. Yeah. I think I think the only thing, like, having having two and four-year-old nieces, um, I think the, the first thing to really usurp Frozen for them was Moana. Yeah. And that that was a, 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 a few number of years. I don't know exactly how many years between them, but... Yeah, there were like other years. there were other movies between the two, I think. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So, Frozen, good good choice. And it seems like an opportunity for like fun mechanics. If you have, it's an it's an ice world, so you know. Because ice worlds are always fun. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. everyone loves ice worlds, right? <laughs> They're great. I mean, can it really be worse than Atlantica? Fair. Um, one listen. A new Kingdom Hearts game is a, is just another opportunity for us to see if Riku gets to change costumes in the different worlds. Because it's a thing I've wanted since Kingdom Hearts 1, when I was a horny 16-year-old, <laughs> and was so disappointed that Riku was not in Atlantica because I really wanted to see, like, shirtless merman Riku. <laughs> shirtless, like, anime circle nipples. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Merman Riku. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to have this insight into horny teenage Kyla. This is good insight. <laughs> so, you know, like, since then, I've always been slightly disappointed that we've never had a Kingdom Hearts game where Riku, like, changes costumes for the different worlds. Because, um, like, Sora always gets, like, cool different costume changes, yeah. right? He gets, like, a cool Halloween Town costume. Or, um, like, his, his entire uh, state of matter gets transfigured into Legos. Cool. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, he's going to be a toy in the Toy Story world. He's going to be a monster in the Monsters, Inc. world. Uh, he was a lion in the Lion King world. Like, you know, it's it's cool to see him in these different mm-hmm. forms. And uh, it would be cool also to see Riku in those different forms. I'm just saying. That's fair. I can get it behind it that. Fulfill teenage Kyla's, you know. <laughs> Forbidden longings. Forbi- yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, nice. Childhood fantasies. <laughs> Let's see. Um, but yeah, so that's that's mostly what I'm excited for at the moment. That's the Kingdom Hearts news for the day. Yeah. I don't know. You guys do anything in the past few weeks? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Nothing of note. Nope. We've had uh, we had the power go out here on Friday. 
That was fun. I was in the middle of cooking for friends. Oh, oh no. I like, well, I guess this soup goes, this partially cooked soup goes in the fridge. Oh, that's, is it what, what caused your power outages? I can't remember if this is the time of year where it, no, this isn't the time of year where it just gets really windy for no reason. No, it is. Oh, is it? it? Is. I was thinking yep. that was like either earlier in the fall or later in the spring, but. Yeah, nope. I mean, I don't know if this is maybe unseasonal for this time of year, but it's the randomly windy for no reason, like okay. like d- bizarrely and frighteningly <laughs> windy. Yeah, I just remember, I think it was like two or three years ago, some guy actually died because I like a tree blew over onto his car or something. That sounds about right. Yeah. Was that during that? We had a really bad windstorm a few years ago. I think it was. Where I remember, like, all of East Side lost power, pretty much. Yeah, I think that might have been it. And my normal, like, my my driving, because I was still driving rather than taking the bus at the time, and my normal 40-minute driving commute became a two-hour commute because all of the stoplights Ooh. were four-way stops. Oh, no. And I had left my phone at home by accident, so I couldn't, like, call Huck to let him know that I was going to be late. Oh no. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was not a good time. <laughs> that sounds yeah, that sounds like a bad time, but I think that was probably the same the same, same storm. season, yeah. Yeah, it was not good. So this one was not as bad. It was like windy enough that you could hear the like battering of uh like dirt being blown up against the windows. Oh. Uh, because we we live like the, the way our apartment is, we're kind of set into the side of the hill. So on one side of the house, our windows are kind of like at oh, ground level. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there was just like debris and dirt and stuff just flying into the windows. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Hmm. But that's fine. We went out and got Mexican food instead. And then I made the soup for lunch the next day. <laughs> nice. That's a good trade-off. Getting Mexican food and soup for lunch later. Yep. Future soup. Yep. It's, it's, I'm very lucky that I, because I was like, oh, we're having friends over. Should I double the recipe? And then I'm like, nah, we usually have some leftovers anyway. Like, we might eat all of it, but, you know, I don't think anybody's going to go hungry. <laughs> so it's a good thing, because otherwise I would just have twice as much soup for myself. Yeah. So. Yeah, doubling, doubling recipes is like, it seems like a good idea a lot of times, but then it ends up not being great when you have, like three Tupperwares full of the same thing. And you're like, oh yeah, I have to eat this before it goes bad, but I've eaten this so much lately. Yeah, I usually put it in the freezer if I can. But you don't have to cook. Yeah, Yeah, but you don't have to cook, but you also do have to eat the same thing every day for like two weeks. Worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, even, even if it's something... Like, uh, a few months ago, I there was, like, a sale on, like, pork shoulder roast, and I was like, okay, cool, I'll just get, like, a three-pound roast and braise it, and I'll have, like, shredded pork, and I can do nachos or sandwiches or, you know, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Uh, it was only on whole pork shoulder roast, so I was like, well, whatever, that's, I mean, I can How just How big could it possibly it. be? <laughs> seven pounds. It was a seven-pound roast. And I and I got it for like ten bucks or something. Like it was it's cheap as fuck. Um and then I ended up so I ended up having three Tupperwares full of, of shredded pork, and I got through like one and a half of them. The remaining one I ended up 
giving to my sister. Yeah, and... I was going to say, the trick in those cases is to find someone else to eat it for you. Yeah, and then the final half, I was just like, I I can't. Like, it's been in the freezer forever. I don't want it. I don't want to eat pulled pork for the next three years. So I just <laughs> I just threw like that. It wasn't even a half. It was like a quarter. So I didn't feel too bad about it. I got, yeah. I got my money's worth, my $10 worth out of like two weeks plus giving some to my sister. So... That's fair enough. It's fine. I I think it's the problem is exacerbated for me because I just have like this mental block about throwing away food. Like I really, really hate to do it. Yeah. And so it's like, no, it's going bad. You must eat it. Like you can't throw things away. There are people starving. You need like it's wasteful. You need to eat that food. Yeah. I also I also had the same reason or the same issue uh, after Thanksgiving which the Thanksgiving was like me and Everett, my mom and stepdad, my oldest stepbrother, his wife, their two kids, my sister, her husband, their two kids, uh, my youngest stepbrother and his girlfriend. And nobody took any leftovers. So, no. so my mom was like, well, you and Everett can take all the leftovers back up with you. So we did. So it was <laughs> an absurd amount of leftovers. Like, uh, our we, our Thanksgiving hosts literally warned us, like, hey, don't leave leftovers here because we're not equipped to handle, like, eating that much leftovers. So you, you'd have to take them with you. And I'm like, yeah. all right. <laughs> like, that seems vaguely threatening, but okay. Um, so I, like, at the end of the day, I'm like, all right, everybody is taking back something. Let's get some Ziplocs out. Here we go. Yep. <laughs> That's like a bring-your-own-Tupperware thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I ended up putting, like, sweet potato, uh, like, brown sugar sweet potato mash into a Ziploc bag and <laughs> taking it home with me, and it was weird but tasty. Yeah. Yeah. I do like yeah. sweet potatoes. So good. Anywho, <laughs> is that all of our personal life stuff? Because... If we can't pad this out a little bit, this is probably going to be a real short podcast. Yeah, it probably is. Oh no, I just realized. I uh, uh, oh, update no. for the listeners. Oh, no. no, it's it's not it's not a oh, no. it's not a catastrophic. Oh no, but, oh no. Uh, <laughs> update for the listeners. We're back on a different on the old Skype recorder, which is great. But I forgot until just now that it doesn't give me. Uh, it doesn't show how long we've been recording. It just shows the file size that the recording is at this point, which is not a helpful metric. Uh, you can usually, like, Skype itself usually has a little timer uh, somewhere. Oh, it does, you're right. I had to mouse over, but it's there. Okay, that's good to know. That's that's helpful. Yeah, and it's like, it like shows up more sometimes when you don't, I don't know. But yeah, that's usually what I go by is like our in, in Skype um, time recorder. But yeah, no. Um, so we played arcane golf, um, and the reason is this is probably going to be short is uh, well, we didn't much care for arcane golf. Yeah, I, I, it's just so unforgiving of a game, and I feel like it's extremely appropriate that in the last weeks of 2018, I have committed the ultimate own against myself by <laughs> by suggesting this game. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, 
let's, let's, All right, so let's talk tell about us it. a little bit about Arcane Golf. Uh, Arcane also. Golf is a game that came out just a few months ago. I wow, I should have opened up the uh, Steam thing for it, uh, but it it's a sort of retro style pixel pixel art, um, ostensibly a mini golf, magical mini golf game by uh, the developers Gold Five Games. Uh, it. You were right. I feel like Kyla, you were the one who was like, "I don't think this is going to be like mini golf at all," and you are absolutely correct. Uh, it is a well, game where you control a magic ball, and you basically have to guard it, guide it through uh, obstacle courses to the portal, which functions as the the golf hole. And it's a, uh, it's more, it's almost more like a pinball, really. Yeah. Because that's... it's like you grab somewhere on the screen and then you pull back in a direction, and that's like the, you're, it's like you're pulling a plunger, and it shoots off with the, you know, designated amount of power in the opposite direction of your pull. Yeah, I'm glad you also thought pinball because that's what I was thinking as I was playing it as well. So. Yeah. And it's um, 200 levels, I think. Yes. Right. That that 200 levels. levels... 200 levels that are visible from the main menu, at least. Yeah. Uh, if there's any secret levels or anything, we don't know about them. Uh, how many levels did you guys get into it? Oh, jeez. I got... I don't remember exactly. I got into, like, the low 40s. Uh, the levels are split also into four different, like, areas. Realms. Yeah, so the first, the first area is, like, a dungeon. The second area is a water temple. Uh, I think the third one is the jungle? Yeah, jungle ruins. And then the fourth one is, like, uh, Arcane Lair, I think. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. Which, the the little, the dressing on the screen looks like there's, like, some sort of arcane electric something or other. So maybe that has, like, machines or something. I don't know. I don't think, I got to the second world. Did anybody else, like, get further than that? Nope. Oh, second world. Yeah, I, I I swore to myself like, all right, you've had two weeks. You need to at least get to world two. Um, and I did, but barely. I think I'm I was like seven or nine levels into world two out of the fifty. Yeah. Um, and the reason is, as Kelso mentioned, it's an incredibly unforgiving game. The the physics are very very precise. Um, the the and obstacles like it, are not entirely, but largely based on timing. There is, there are a lot of things that are like alternating on a timer, so you have to time, timing and precision of shots. There's yes. some places where you have to like shoot something through a very like narrow area, and there is gravity. So there's, mm-hmm. it's not just pin. Well, I mean, I guess there is gravity in pinball, but there is like a pinball style downward gravity. So you don't just fire things in a straight line, you fire them in an arc. And, you know, the the rate of that arc is based on the power level, but there's no... The power level is like a... What's not the word? Analog is not the word I'm looking for, but it's it's continuous. It's like a continuous pullback. It's not notched or graded in any way, so it's got, like, infinite granularity, so getting mm-hmm. the exact same amount of pullback every time is pretty much impossible. Yes. Um, you, you have to sort of guesstimate. Um, it does try and at least change the color of the pullback the further you're pulled back, so you can do that a little bit, but there's no there's no, like, gradation marks or anything that tells you 
um, like how far back you are and what angle you're at. Yeah, and you can start the pullback by... So you release the ball and then basically you catch it in midair, uh, but you don't have to click on the ball. You can click anywhere on the screen and that is the point where your pullback begins. So you can be on the other side of the screen from where your ball is. The the indicator still comes out of the ball and shows you the direction and the the force that you're applying to it. But I don't just the ability to click on anywhere and start from there it makes it a little weird sometimes. Yeah, and especially if although if you had to catch the ball, yeah, no, that would be clicking on it, that would be fucking impossible. So because, um, <laughs> I thought you had to do that for so at least I. like. 45 levels. Oh no, oh, no. Carl, no! And the problem with that, if you're at the very edge of the screen, yeah, yeah, you can't pull it out of the screen. Yeah, that's yeah. that it, it, issue. It is up against the edge of the screen, so you can't pull it further yeah. than that. That issue is what led me to eventually realize that oh, I I can just click anywhere, which was helpful. Yeah. But and uh, yeah. by by default. Uh, the pullback part is on a timer. So you have like a set amount of time for which you can do the pullback before it just auto launches the ball. Um, you, they, they tell you multiple times in the first few levels, oh, you can turn that off in the options. Like you can, you can put it into quote casual mode. Casual aim mode. Casual aim mode in the options. Like, almost as though it's intentionally trying to discourage you from using that. I don't know why the fuck that mode is not on by default. Yeah. It's impossible to do in timed mode. It it really is. Like, I think I gave up using timed mode after, like, I think it was maybe the second level that had timed spikes. And I was like, yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, I'm turning on casual has, mode. If it's got timed obstacles, then you need to sit and wait for the timer to be at the right cycle. Mm-hmm for you to release the ball. And if you can't sit and wait, how are you supposed to get past timed obstacles? I mean, timing is pretty generous. The time you have, I think. Oh, the time you have to fire? Yeah. It doesn't feel that way. Because there's like a steadily shrinking circle around you. I don't know. You 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 guys can't see it because you're not in the room, but when you were saying that, Carl, my eyebrows were just going up and up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I guess theoretically, if if you have more conviction than I do to, like, release the ball within the timer, uh, then that could work. But I never did that. I was always, like, waiting, and it just ended up auto-launching, and I'm like, fuck this, I'm done. I'm turning on casual mode. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's And it's not like... You know, it's not like it starts you on medium and there's like a harder mode and an easier mode. There's only two modes and it starts you on the harder one. And the, I mean, the mode doesn't affect the levels at all. It just affects your ability to aim. Yeah. So really the time that you have to aim and and wait before you throw the ball. There, there is no fucking casual mode in this game. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so each each level also, I guess, like each world has its has a set of added mechanics. So all the worlds are get the orb to the portal, but they also introduce things like, as we mentioned, timed spikes that come in and out of the walls. Uh, there's switches that you have to hit to do something, uh, whether that's open up the portal or turn on it turns on some spikes 
uh, or it makes certain things appear in the level, you know, stuff like that. Uh, or opens doors. Yeah, there's yeah. like timed doors that you can open with switches that will close again after a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. There uh, are uh, gems that you have to collect. Uh, you have to collect all of them before the portal will even open. Mm-hmm. And those yeah. are on a timer, I think, usually. Uh, it depends on the level. Sometimes, yeah. Everything in this game is on a timer for some <laughs> yeah. reason. Pretty much. There's the um, the phase gems, which which were what finally prompted me to like give up. Uh, which yeah, which if you go through a phase gem, it basically it renders your ball capable of going through walls, but it doesn't turn off automatically. So if you don't, you have to click to make your ball corporeal again, I guess, so that it yeah. will then interact with the level. But if you don't, it'll just fly off into space, and you have to start over. Uh, also, if you click to make your ball. Uh, solid again while it is inside of a wall that also explodes the ball. Oh yeah, there's also um, speaking of things that instantly kill the ball, uh, there's also flame jets. Flame jets and the spikes. That just insta-kill you. Yeah, Yeah. flame jets and spikes both insta-kill the ball. Um, Flame jets are also on a timer. Not every spikes is on timer. Some spikes are on timers. Some spikes are not. I think all flame jets are on timers. That's Pretty much their only distinguishing features from spikes, that and they're slightly taller. I know there was one that, uh, it was on a timer so that your ball, your ball, your ball is in a starting position and it either bounces if it has a base or it just drops if there is no base. There was one where there was no base, your ball would drop and as soon as it got in range of the flames at the bottom, the flames would turn on and they would just stay on. Uh, but and that's then you the, died. Yeah, so if but, you didn't stop the ball before yeah. it hit the bottom, you just died. Um, that's the only one of that type that I remember. But I guess it's worth uh, noting. There's also slimes. Slimes. Uh, so slimes are like little little green slime monsters. Uh, and if the ball goes into a slime, it gets stuck there. Uh, and you can launch it out of the slime, but it launches with like reduced mm. uh, power. Greatly reduced power, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you use that because, like, sometimes, you know, you'll launch at a wall, and instead of bouncing off the wall, it'll stick into a slime, and then you have, like, a better angle on your next target or something like that. So, and that's kind of an interesting mechanic. Um, there's a mechanic where, like, if you get into a slime and you have no balls left, you automatically die. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they say that, you know, that's, the slime eats you, but I think that's, you know, they just needed a way to check if you were trapped in a slime forever. Yeah. Um, so in the water world, they introduce pits of water that kill you instantly. Um, cool. Frozen ball, which is the ball starts frozen and doesn't move at all until you like do the first aim, which I don't really understand what the purpose of that is. Other like you could just it would be the same as starting on a pedestal, pretty much. Like I really don't yeah. understand why that's a quote unquote mechanic. Mm. Um, and uh, bubbles, which are like slimes, but they have a continuous upward motion. Oh. Uh, and when you launch out of, the, so you can get into them, and then your bubble will, the bubble will carry your ball up, and then when you like zoom out of it, uh, the bubble pops. So. Okay. So that was that was kind of a cute mechanic. Uh, and that was like the only interesting addition that I encountered in the water world. Yeah, and of course there are more mechanics that we didn't get to. Uh, yeah, probably there's more mechanics fine. in the forest and uh, and lair 
places, but we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't yeah. hack it. So. I'm looking like at a screenshot of the forest, and there's it looks like a glowing orb with four smaller glowing orbs around it. Maybe that's just the ball. That might just be the ball. Uh, yeah, there's, and, there's some there's fun skins in the option menu yeah. that you can change your ball color and and which little what your little wand plunger thing looks like. And there's also a uh, it looks like a little like a like a small flaming skull or something, which that looks <laughs> like a hazard. Um, and then I think this is the arcane layer. There appear to be some like eyeball type things, which. I, I, I'm not looking at videos. I'm just assuming based on <laughs> based on these images. It sort of looks like you you hit an eyeball and then it the eyeball propels you in the direction in which it's looking. So like this screenshot has uh like sort of windy corridors and there's an eyeball in each corner and they the eyeballs basically are propelling you through this windy corridor. Mm. Uh and the last bit is that it launches you straight at spikes. So you have to stop it before it hits the spikes and then put it in the hole. Um, yep. I'm assuming um, here, but yeah. Yeah, we can assume. And I want to point out that for those thinking like, oh, they're, you know, weak, casual gamers. They didn't really try very hard. I looked up the Steam stats <laughs> for this game, and I found that of the people who play this game, uh, 10% of them finish the first world and 6% of them finish the second world. So that means that, like, only one in ten people actually gets as far as, you like, did. finishing the, the world. And, like, I know this um, it, This might be of the people who own the game, so maybe some people yeah, just, you know, own is. the game and never play it. Um, but, like, 80-some people actually get one of the other achievements, which is, like, restart a level ten times in a row or something. Yeah. Um, so if 80% of people are restarting the level ten times in a row, then, like, most of the people who have the game are playing it. But only one in ten of them, only one in ten of people who open this game, like, get through the first world, and then about half of those quit before the second world. And only two percent get through the fourth world. So, like, there is a pretty steep drop-off. Yeah. And and Uh, even then... I will admit to being a casual. I don't care. <laughs> Although I did, I did get one achievement that I am proud of. I, I got amazing one, which is uh, beat level thirty, which is the first maze level with two shots remaining. Which I think I even had three shots remaining, if I remember correctly, when I when I did that one. So yeah, that's one where it gives you like plenty of balls to use, but. Uh... It's super long and it's on a very short timer. Yeah, the, every 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 different part of it like is it has a switch with doors and you have to get through, or there's like one switch that controls a bunch of doors and you have to get through all of the doors before. There's only you hit there's the there's one switch and there's one door, but it's the oh, door at the very it's the door very at end. The end. It's yeah, right yeah, like yeah. so if like you can't go back and restart. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So one thing we didn't mention is that one of the things that makes it very unlike golf is that you the par, the quote-unquote par, is a set number of balls that you have to beat the level. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if this is a two-ball level, you have two shots, and if you don't beat the level with those two shots, you just start over. Um, what's the point of that? Because I understand in golf, in golf you have a par to measure how good you are, mm-hmm. but here it's more like how many balls 
is required to beat the level this in most you, cases. Yeah, this you have a par to punish you. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, you, you can't go over par. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you can't, and you like, can't go under for most cases. Is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can occasionally, but yeah, most yeah, places you can't go. Um, so that's actually a good segue. So what I wanted to do for this segment, instead of uh, just being us complaining the whole time about how much we hated the game, um, I is I want to turn this into a design exercise. where Because uh, I think this this really has the potential to be a really good game, because you know, pinball is fun, the physics feel fluid enough, it's a cute concept, there's like some interesting mechanics. So I want to talk about what design things could would we suggest that we feel would make this game more playable. Um, and I think number one is infinite balls and a suggested par. Yeah. Right? Uh, infinite, infinite shots and each game, each level has like a special flag of like did you beat this under par? Because I would absolutely try a bunch of times for to get to that par if I didn't feel like it was, ma- you know, if it wasn't mandatory. If I knew that, like, at any point I could just say, like, well, I beat this and just try a different one. So I would start even earlier than that and yeah. decide, because I think it has, like, some identity issues. Like, okay. is it trying to be a puzzle game? Or is it trying to be like this fast, fast-paced game with like pinball, with a lot of timing, precision, chaos mm-hmm. into it? And yeah. I think it it doesn't mix those very well. Yeah, I usually found the levels where that were like more puzzly were more interesting to me. But the problem was once you figured out how to do it, then you actually had to execute on it, and the execution was impossible. Like coming up with how to solve it wasn't that bad. But then performing that solution ended up being the hard part. Yeah, and I feel like I would say I'm using the distinction as like puzzly levels are ones that don't have time restrictions, um, and I guess precision levels are would be the ones that do have time restrictions. Like that's that's what I'm. Some of them I think are I... a little bit both, but yeah, yeah. Um, and I. I liked the puzzly ones better because I didn't feel like I was being punished as much for f- for screwing up basically. Mm-hmm. It was more a matter of like what is the best way to do this whereas with the precision levels it was always immediately apparent what you had to do but if you fucked up even a tiny bit you had to start over. At, at any point during, like, a maze level, if you fuck up, it's like, okay, well, I have to start over because there's no way I'm doing this. Uh, mm-hmm. And those were the ones that I did not like. But the puzzle ones were fine. If I didn't feel that time pressure, it was like, okay, I can light up my shots. I can try different things, you know. Like, do you remember in um, when we played World of Goo, there was the, like, OCD flags or whatever where they're like, yeah. hey, can you beat this level with, like, you know... 10 goo balls left imagine if they gave you that as the required minimum for those levels it's like oh yeah you only have enough so that you can get there with like this amount yeah and like that would be that would be unfriendly and impossible and that's why this feels unfriendly and impossible yeah 
I would agree it's with like, that. I know what I have to do, but I can't be that precise. And it's also, um, so I think another problem is with that level of precision is it's hard to be that precise with the controls as given. Yes. Um, so one thing you could do is give uh, work on the UI of the gauge to allow for greater precision. Precision, right? Give me exact like numbers or lines like in the little light, circle of light around the ball, give me lines of angle that I can use to judge the angle of my shot. Give me like specific ticks on the pullback to judge how much power I'm using. Um, or do do something that lets me be more consistent because this is a physics sim. It's already mm-hmm. got a ton of chaos in it, right? Like it's literally one of those like chaos pendulum thingies. Uh, and after the first shot or two, it's very, very difficult to predict where things are going to go. So at least let me be consistent in my setup so I can find a setup that works. Yeah, I think I think the the um, the launch mechanic was the big thing uh, that I had difficulty with, because like you said, the the force is infinitely granular. There's no there's no way to replicate your force. But the other thing was, like you said, giving angle lines and I don't. I don't even need angle lines that, like, show the total trajectory and where it will ricochet and how it will ricochet, but just, like, giving you, like, a centimeter past the ball, because... Yeah, a little arrow that comes out in the other side of the ball showing the direction. Because, like, the, the thing that it made me think of is when you draw overlapping forms, you're always taught to draw through. So the form... In back, you would draw the entire thing showing through the form in front because it's almost impossible for just for like a brain to be able to accurately visualize where a line will come out on the other side when obscured by something. And that's true even for like a tiny 10 pixel ball. Like it's just, it's just. Like, just give me something on the other side. Draw yeah, me so, through it, please. Yeah, so an arrow an arrow pointing in the direction it's going to go that, like, mirrors your pullback arrow would be good. Uh, likewise, just, like, a circle of lines around the ball. So you can say, like, okay, I'm going to launch it from the third mark to the right of straight down or whatever. Right? Yeah. And that way, at least, if you get a good shot off as your first shot, you can memorize what those settings were and do it again. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, like... Uh, so this brings me to a, a, another problem that I had with it, which is it, each level, there's very, very seldom one challenge in a level. It's usually a gauntlet of challenges, mm-hmm. at least two, usually more. Where yeah. it's not just you have to make this one shot really well, it's you have to make this shot really well, and then you have to make this second shot really well, and then you have to make this third shot really well. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes up to quite a bit. And I think that is a can be a serious problem. Sorry, that's my phone going okay. off, if you can hear that in the yeah. background. <laughs> um, the That's... Uh, the gauntlet. Oh, Talk about yes, yeah. so so the fact that you have to, um, you know, do all these things, it reminds me of like very old school platformers, mm-hmm. uh, where you know you you don't have save points everywhere. You have a save point like once a level, and if you die on like the third part of the level, you have to repeat the first two parts of the level ad yes. nauseum. 
Yes. Right? So it's the same problem here. It's like if you don't make that third shot, you have to make that really tricky first shot again that maybe took you 20 tries to get right. And with no UX to tell you, like, how you made that shot the first time, you might have to try it another 50 tries to get even get a chance at doing the second and third shots. Yes. I, I was thinking about, like, Super Meat Boy when I was playing this also yeah. for that for that reason. I think Super yeah, so, Meat Boy has checked. Does it? No, it doesn't. It's just, like, single no. levels. Yeah. It's been a long yeah. time. VVVVV has, like, a copious checkpoints, yeah. which is what makes that game playable. Um, so, so at least for the earlier levels, some form of, like, limiting, just, like, limit the number of challenges. Save these, like, multi-challenge things for later, for, you know, for, for other harder levels. Like, if this is your easy levels, if this is your first world, I shudder to think how hard, like, worlds, you know, three and four must be. That was another thing that, that I encountered a couple times is where I would be stuck on a level for more times than I could count but then for some reason like the next two or three levels I would just be able to breeze through yeah well because I don't it's, know if it's so random whether you get yeah. like the right angle on the shot that you're going for or not sometimes you get it first try sometimes you get it you know 30th try and it doesn't really feel that that's because cons- you're getting better and practicing it, it feels random. Yeah. It feels like, oh, I randomly picked the right point to fire this at this time. Yeah, I I, I felt like the, the weird difficulty, it's not a curve, it's a, a difficulty wave that I was <laughs> encountering was just due to the number of challenges in the gauntlets on each respective world. Or level. Like, some would have, like, five challenges, and this one would only have, you know, maybe two obstacles. Or, or like, one really tricky shot that you have to get, and I happen to luck out into it in, like, the third try. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, I guess it's nice that there's some lulls in the gameplay, but I would have preferred... Not the gameplay, in the difficulty. But yeah. I would have preferred a... A more more of a ramp yeah like a initially more forgiving training set i guess like they give you tutorials but the tutorials are hard as fuck yeah (laughs) Um, yeah yeah. Yeah. and it's full of a wizard who's like insulting you for not performing better yeah which in an easy game would be funny but in a game that's this hard is just like adding insult to injury it was just mean and it made me it made me not want to play it anymore like in one level close to the end of the first dungeon he's like well if you get through these next few challenges i'll reward you by giving you access to the water temple which you'll probably just fuck up anyway like oh okay yeah will you will you at least shut the fuck up when i'm in the water temple (laughs) yeah does he does he go away uh, I think he talks at, like, the very beginning, but I don't think he talked at all after that. Like, okay. I mean, he, as usual, he introduces the new mechanics. Yeah. Like, he pops up to say, like, this is a new thing, but he doesn't, like, mention stuff every single level. That's good. All I right. hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see, next on my, so my list, I made a whole list, by the way, of these, like, game design suggestions. So the, the top number one 
of them is it should be infinite balls because this is golf. Uh, it should be infinite balls with a suggested par. Um, um, but I don't think it should be infinite balls. No. I think um maybe. What, what about but you have to you have to make sure that you can't just trial and error it. Yeah. The, the, so the other option, the other option which I like is the peggle option, which is a set number of balls, but it's a generous and b there's stuff in the levels that if you do well enough gives you the opportunity to earn extra balls mm-hmm. and extra tries. I will say that I'm not opposed to having infinite balls just because uh, we didn't mention this. It is built in that you can't just immediately let a ball go and then catch it again right after you've let it go. Like there's a there's like a cooldown, I guess, on the ball. So it has to fly for a while, like a set amount of time, which isn't a huge amount of time, but it's enough to get it, you know, a decent chunk away from where it was yeah. uh, before you yeah, can Yeah, so you couldn't, catch like, it. super cheese it or anything. Yeah. And, and, and you, could do, you could also do something like maybe in order to unlock the second temple, you have to achieve par on at least, like, ten levels yeah. in the set of first 50 or something like that. Yeah, that would be... That would be fun. And, like, you get to choose which ones you try and get par on. But yeah. you don't have to do it on all of them. Something that would be interesting if the ball had to stop before you can fire in the next shot. Mm, yeah, so if you redesigned it so that, like, you didn't have the catching mechanic. Yeah. Yeah, th- that... Maybe I'm thinking too much of golf, because it's called <laughs> well, yeah, golf. That's, yeah, that's the thing that I kept coming back to when I was thinking of ways to make this game a little more accessible was to actually have it function as mini golf, which is what I was expecting when we went into it. Um, where instead of being like the level being a vertical plane affected by gravity, have it just be like a horizontal plane. Like you're looking down on mm. a mini golf course, which I think is how most mini golf games function. I don't think I've ever played like a, well, I've played first-person mini golf. <laughs> not, yeah, I don't think I played first-person mini golf. It's been a long time since I played a mini golf game in general, like back when I was very young and playing like those sort of flash games. Um, but that's how they do it. It's just a top-down view, and I would have definitely preferred that. And I, I was even thinking, because of the way the the setting up your shot works in this game and how how random it can be. I, I almost would prefer the the traditional golf game control of having the like the sliding bar that you have to hit, you know, to determine your power, um, and I guess your accuracy. Yeah, where it like goes up and down, and yeah. you have to try and hit it within a certain window or something. Yeah, and and maybe that's just because I'm accustomed to that sort of control, like it. That would that would introduce probably more complexity, but I'm used to it, and I'm more more <laughs> importantly, I'm actually really good at that. Um, like, yeah, that like, only works if you have a setup though where, like, there is an obvious like accurate shot you're trying to make. Yeah. Versus, um, like you you know the amount of power changing the trajectory of the shot, which is how it works now. Yeah, which is which is why I say just get rid of gravity. And, yeah, and make it, you top know, down. make it top down. Um, that could work. Um, but but again, that only works with like the more puzzly. Well, not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, regular regular mini golf does have like the windmills and other timing related 
obstacles if you get if you go to like a really nice mini golf course, which I don't think I've ever been to a really nice mini golf course, but uh, I know they exist. So <laughs> there's yep. that. Yeah. So speaking of timing, that's the next thing on my list. Um, slowing down the speed or and or generally having the timing on things be more forgiving. Um, because a lot of those timing windows were very precise. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're on the timed mode, if you get off the cycle a little bit, like you're just it's just hopeless for the rest of it. So like if you don't make the spikes for the first shot, then you're not gonna make the spikes, you know, or if you do make the spikes for the first shot but slightly off, then you're not gonna be able to, to make the spikes for the second shot or whatever it is. Yeah, or for the ricochet you'll be you'll be fucked. Yeah. So, so more forgiving timing, uh, or generally, which I think would compensate as well, a more forgiving radius. Um, so if the ball were smaller, uh, and or things like the portal had a bigger gravity well, because mm-hmm. um, when you get close to the portal, it like sucks the ball in, but you have to be fairly close and going fairly slowly for that to happen. Yeah. And if that were more forgiving, if you, it was a larger radius or a more intense gravity effect, that would really make the game a lot easier on certain levels. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that would be good. Let's see. Um, what else do I have? A... And so we said an indicator an indicator on the direction you're going to go, not just on the direction you're pulling back. Uh, casual difficulty should be the default. Why don't you start on the easier version and then let people challenge themselves? They must have cared. One of the designers must have cared really, really hard about timing and felt that that was, like, a very important element of the game. I will say, like... We, we have a lot of criticisms of this game, but I think that to a certain type of person, this is, like, exactly what they want. It just so happens that none of us are that person. Maybe. Um, I mean, what was the... There was, like, 2% of people who actually completed all 200 levels. Yeah. Like, that's that guy. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So... And he's yeah. out there or she, I, yeah, I guess they must be. Um, and that's fine. But I think that you can, I think you can please those people mm-hmm. by giving them challenges, uh, but without making those challenges mandatory in a way that alienates everyone else. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, having, yeah. So the other one is like, uh, the more balls thing. So either having rewards for getting under par and having balls left over, like I feel like those should carry on to other stages or have some other special effect mm-hmm. uh, because it's so hard to do that it feels like you should be rewarded in some way for accomplishing it. But there's, there's other than like occasionally an achievement on certain levels, there is no reward for if you manage to get under par. Yeah. Mostly because they usually don't give you enough balls that, that, that that's even possible. Yeah. Um, although there were one or two where I managed it, even though it felt like I wasn't supposed to be able to. And that <laughs> always felt really good. And I wish the game had acknowledged how good that feels and, like, you know, rewarded me in some fashion. Yeah. Um, or this, or this as I was... supplies only punishment. Yeah, only punishment, <laughs> no reward. 
Um, I was comparing this game a lot to Peggle. I think um, Peggle does some similar things because Peggle is also just a lot of chaos, mm-hmm. right? Like, but it's it's chaos that the first shot can be very intentional, in part because there's a guide, uh, even though it's a short one. Um, and because while the chaos is happening, you're being continuously rewarded. Like everything you bump into gives, like increases your score mm-hmm. and high scores give you extra balls. And like, the, you know, within the level, there's like certain extra tiles that do special things like give you extra, you know, multipliers or, you know, like, like something is continuously. And this is true of, I feel like most tabletop pinballs as well, right? Like mm-hmm. everything you hit gives you some kind mm-hmm. of juicy nice feeling feedback so you feel like yeah i'm really doing something here yeah i I, i'm gonna do like a hopefully a quick aside about peggle um (laughs) and how how great peggle is uh my my biggest experience with playing peggle was uh back in my days of playing world of warcraft there was an add-on that put peggle in World of Warcraft, and you could just open it at any time. So, like, if you're waiting for people to come to a raid, or if you're on, like, a really long flight path, you could just pop open Peggle and play Peggle. And the amount of time I spent playing Peggle in WoW was <laughs> astronomical. Like, we, like, I would be on a flight path with someone, and we'd both be going somewhere, you know, really far away. So we'd both just be playing Peggle. We'd get to our destination, and we'd still just be playing Peggle for, like, Five minutes to be like, we should go do this, do this thing we were going to do. So that's that's my Peggle story. I think Peggle may still be on my Steam list, the most played game that I have. Nice. Um, which is a little unfair because Minecraft is not listed is not a Steam yeah. game. But um, if I let's let's see if I can say uh, what what would it be under activity? Um, I think so. Or my activity. You bought... Uh, well, I shouldn't say what I just bought recently, because that's a spoiler for the oh, end of this podcast. It is. Um, profile. Uh, recent. That's recent activity. Games. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Sorted by playtime. Peggle Knights. 462 hours is still my most played game. <laughs> uh, and that's because this was my, uh, like, zen, I need something to do with my hands that I don't have to think about game that I played while listening to lectures at school. Um, mm-hmm. Because I need to do something physical or else I can't concentrate for the most part. Um, at work, I do, I fold origami. But nice. uh, the in school, I played Peggle. And I 100%ed that game. I got oh. every trophy. I got everything on every level. Um, and, you know, I did it because, like, the the challenge was there to try. And I was just, it was fine. It was so rewarding and fun to play that I was willing to put in that time. Yeah, I think, yeah, the, the big difference is being rewarded for performing perfectly or close to perfectly versus being punished for not performing perfectly or close to perfectly. And that's a huge difference psychologically. My God. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Being rewarded for doing well, even if it's not exactly what you need to do to like finish encourages you to keep trying. Yep. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Yep. I mean, 
to some extent, you have to think of like the player that plays this game might not be you. Yeah. As well. And that is why I brought up that like this is this is the game that somebody really likes. Yeah. The, the, this is the for 2%. those two percent. <laughs> this is the two percenter. And game. man, how how powerful must they be? My God, to yeah. to withstand. Just the constant onslaught. I but, yeah. I run also for president. Feel... <laughs> no, don't. Those people are probably sociopaths. That's probably true. Um, <laughs> but I, that's why I was saying, like, I think, um, like, those people would not refuse to play the game if it rewarded you for doing well but not perfectly, right? Like, if there was more positive reinforcement, I don't think that that would like turn off that 2% of people who played the game. Or who, who beat the game. Maybe. It's difficult to say. People... I think... I I really hate to bring Dark Souls into this, but I think, <laughs> I think since the Souls series has taken off, people have gotten more... Uh, like, they've started to take the idea of a game giving them outs more personally. Certain people. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, what? I mean that's fair. That's fair. And and as you know, maybe those maybe that 2%, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe those that 2% would have absolutely quit if they felt like the game was not seriously challenging them enough. Yeah. And that's uh, that's And that's the other thing, I guess, like there there are some really difficult games that like just don't have difficulty options. And I I don't feel bad just admitting, yeah, this isn't this isn't meant for me, and it doesn't have to be meant for me. And that's kind of how I feel about this game. Um, yeah. Like, I, I enjoy it conceptually enough that I wish it was, but at the end yeah. of the day, there are a lot of games that I like and that are for me, so I don't feel it as a great loss. Yeah. And I and I, and I I don't think, like, I, I don't think any of us are saying, like, this game absolutely needs to make these changes. Like, yeah, this is just a, a thought experiment as to, like, yeah. what could make it more accessible. So. Yeah, and it's, it's a question of, and I think, you know, every game designer does this, hopefully, when they're designing a game, which is to think about who am I designing this for? You yeah. know, what is my audience? And if you are intentionally designing something for, like, very hardcore, dedicated physics-y people... Um, then you you know you've succeeded. <laughs> like, but if it were me as a designer, I would probably want to aim for that like eighty percent of people who were willing to tr- retry ten times in a row, and you know early on in the game who are showing willing, you know, um, but maybe can't can't perform to that high level. I would rather design for that eighty percent and have eighty percent of people finish my game versus two percent of people finish my game. Yeah. But for some designers, maybe only 2% of people can finish this game as a badge of honor. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't, I think that's, I think that's valid. Uh, I think the main thing that, that threw me off is just partially the, the art, which, uh, I'm not gonna say that it's cute, but, uh, I, hmm, it's I don't pleasing. even. Yeah, it's it's, it's like, pleasing. It's like I don't aesthetically know... pleasing to look at. It's pixel art, so it's nothing like really fancy, but you know, the the it's it's good to look at and the like sound design is very is pretty satisfying and has good feedback. Is um, it? I really like the little like you're picking up the gems noise. 
Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Maybe. Yeah. I will say... Maybe uh, I just keep thinking about the music too much. Yeah. No, yeah. The was, music is kind of whatever. The music... Uh, so I might be wrong. I might be misremembering this. But I feel like there's one song for the entire yeah. first... Yeah. yeah okay. It, it changes in the next... In the yeah. other levels That's but like I yeah assumed. there's one song per level so that means or, sorry per world which means one song per 50 levels um it gets old real fast yeah so it's like after you restarted a thing a hundred times you're like all right i'm done with this song yeah i i actually like i i didn't mute the game but i i you know i turned on like youtube videos and just yeah i was gonna say playing. i did i did mute the music eventually and, and listen to podcasts yeah. so um. Uh, what was I? Oh yeah. Okay. I went back on track. Like I, I was just. I, I guess I wasn't expecting the level of challenge, just based on like the art style and even the description. Like the description in on the Steam page, um, does it alludes to an amount of challenge that I would expect in any game that isn't like a purely narrative, you know, meditative vaguely experimental title like it it alludes to uh you know having a goal and there being an amount of challenge it it does not allude hard enough (laughs) (laughs) um it says like simple but intuitive controls all you need is a mouse 200 unique levels to test your aim reflexes and puzzle solving skills Dozens of creative obstacles, from traps to monsters and magical objects with unique powers. Like, what it doesn't say is that every magical object is a magical object that you will hate. Yeah, that (laughs) kills you instantly. It does, however, say, inspired by classic adventure games. Really? I don't know know what that means. See, yeah, and I... I saw not a single object that I could pick up and rub against other objects, yeah. so I don't know what they're talking about. I, I took that to mean, like, the the visual style and the sound, I yeah. guess, as well. Like, the overall aesthetic, not, uh... <laughs> not like, whatever the also, hell it means. <laughs> also, is hard is not inspired by classical adventure games. Yeah. Like, is confusing, confusing and unintuitive is maybe inspired by classic uh, adventure games, but this is neither confusing nor unintuitive. It's actually very intuitive. Yeah. It's just very, very punishing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, oh man, maybe if the uh, the description, the little blurb had been written in the voice of the grumpy wizard, <laughs> that would have been better and more yeah more you're not indicative. gonna like this game kid i guess you can try it if you really think you're up to it but who are we kidding <laughs> you're probably I mean, not yeah yeah to some extent yeah because it's about meeting expectations yeah i no. i would have liked i would like that actually <laughs> that would be cute <laughs> I might I might try and leave a Steam review that's just kind of warning of this, like, hey, this is a really good game, but it's also incredibly frustratingly difficult. So, like, only get this game if you're prepared for a very difficult experience. Yeah, I'm like I'm reading some of the reviews, and someone says like difficult but rewarding, very challenging, um, hard enough to be fun but not frustratingly frustratingly difficult. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Yeah. So there are there are people who for whom this is a this is the correct amount of difficulty, I guess. Yeah, uh, a fun intense game of mini golf, a fun puzzle game that involves a bit of dexterity and timing. That's an understatement. <laughs> um, <laughs> And and a lot of people. Oh, this okay. This is a good one. The only issue for me, which can be pros for some players, is that it's very difficult. And then it goes on to list some of the difficulties. Um, so yeah, it's it's in the comments. Maybe I should have read those, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um... And difficulty level is a hard thing because it's such a individual thing Mm -hmm. right certain people find some things more difficult than others and you're never going to get something that everybody can do um or if you are it's you know it's very rare for that to be like satisfying for everyone yeah um i Uh, unless (laughs) i just realized in in the in the genre for this game it's listed as Casual, comma, indie. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, no. You've become the thing you tried to destroy. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that wasn't related to anything. I just saw it and it made me laugh, so. Yeah, no, uh. that's fair. Um, I also may have been suffering in part because my mouse has been dying, so it often oh. double clicks when I mean to single click. Oh, no. Uh, which, uh, yeah. That that is frustrating with this experience. Yeah, I wonder. Doesn't help. I wonder if this would be, uh, like like if if how much the experience would change by uh, altering my mouse sensitivity. Probably not much, but I don't know. Yeah, especially because you don't you don't have to click on any particular location. Um. I don't think it. I don't think it would help that much, but it was a thought that I had. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Are we? Have we run out of things to say? I mean, that I have gotten to the end of my list. That's fair. We said this would be a short list or a short, short episode. Uh, yes. So that's uh, fine. Have any other stuff that we can think of? Just, you know, for the sake of the exercise, since this is a game design podcast, any other things you can think of that would make it more accessible? What do you mean accessible? Uh, just, like, easier, like, le- more forgiving, more playable, more um, more playable by a wider, or playable by a wider variety of people. Um, to encourage more than 2% of people to get to the end. Um, I think one thing you could do actually would be uh, if the worlds, maybe the worlds are still all locked, but um, within each world, all levels are unlocked by default. So it's not like you must finish this level in order to try the next one. Because I feel like if I could go back and forth, I would like, you know, beat the easier ones first, and then I would feel like I could go back and try again on the more challenging ones. Um, Like a super meat boy scenario. Where you have to unlock a certain amount of levels to yeah. go to the next world. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, they're all you know they're all available, and you have to successfully complete ten or you know half or whatever the the marker is, and then you're then it unlocks everything in the next world, right? Yeah. And special accomplishment or achievement or whatever for hundred percenting 
and getting all the levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. That's a good one. Um, just in general, I feel like this game is a good argument against making things in games mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Because, you know, when it's optional, a player will often do it just to prove that they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it's mandatory, if a player doesn't either doesn't feel like doing it at the moment or can't do it, then they feel like the game is against them and they feel frustrated and they stop. Yeah, I I rage quit quite a bit while playing this. Like I'm yeah, like I, I'm I gotta come back to this in like a half hour, an hour, whatever. Yeah, I think I I don't think I played more than like forty minutes at a time max, mm-hmm. and I have like over two hours in this game. Yeah. I think most time I, I maybe played 20 minutes max. Like, I just, I couldn't, I would get so frustrated, I'd have to go, I'd have to leave, and then I'm like, all right, let me try it again, I'll give it like another 20 minutes, and then I'll leave on the next level and come back. Yeah. I think the big problem I have with this game, or actually there's two things. One is that I don't think it's clear on what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. And the second is that, um, I don't mind that it's hard. I I like hard games. I like being frustrated and stuck for two hours. But I want to I want it to be my fault. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and I didn't feel like that was the case. Yeah. Agreed. That's yeah. A, really a lot good of the point. times, it, it it doesn't feel like you failed and it was your fault, and it doesn't feel like you won and it was your fault. Right. Like it feels like. When you win, it feels like, oh, I got lucky that I hit the right spot. And when you lose, it's like, well, I, you know, I know what I have to do. I aimed the shot correctly. I was just two centimeters off or two millimeters off or whatever. And, you know, I don't know in what direction and I don't know where exactly I was last time. So I have no way of reproducing and adjusting that. So I guess I'll just take another random shot. Yeah. So intentionality is important. Making difficult things optional is is very makes things more accessible. Those are our two important game design lessons for yep for this podcast. Good lessons. I think we did it. Player agency. It's always good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, were you about uh, to say something there, uh, Carl? Nope. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but I can. I can introduce the next game. Oh, yes. Yes, great. The next game we're going to play is Gris. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's not how you pronounce it, but I can't speak Spanish. <laughs> so deal with it. Um, by Nomada Studio. And it came out a couple of days ago, I would say. Yeah. And this, trailers for this have been all over, and I am so excited. Yeah, this is yeah. one game that, like, I don't know much about the content narratively, but I've seen, I've seen like the animation, and I've seen like what it looks like, and based on that alone, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready. It's so pretty. Yes, it's very pretty. I sort of got obsessed by this game when I first saw it. I think two years ago. Oh wow! It was like. Only a walking animation. Nice. I kind of ripped it off and used it to make a prototype. 
Nice. But yeah, so it's as far as we can tell, it's some kind of like um, action adventure platformer. I think heavily I narrative. Say it possibly. feels like a two D journey. Yeah. So looking at the trailer, the two things that it reminds me of most are Journey and Hyperlight Drifter. It's like a two D amalgamation of like a two D side scroller amalgamation of those two games. Nice. And I loved both those games, yeah. so I am perfectly happy uh, for it. If it's if it ends up being that, then I'll be very happy. And even if it doesn't end up being that, it'll be fun to look at. Yeah, and, so pretty. And man, man, do I value that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. It's, pro- it's probably one of the prettiest games I've seen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really... I think I saw someone on Twitter today saying, like, forget, like, best-looking games I've seen. This is one of the best-looking pieces of media I've seen, period. So, that's high praise. We'll see if it lives up to that. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to try it. Me too. Uh, and that'll take us, like, right into the, uh, the right. holiday season. So yeah. it'll be almost the new year when we podcast this, unless we have to delay it, in which case it will be the new year. Yeah. But theoretically... The next podcast will be our last podcast of 2018. Another Oof. year in the bag! Yep. How many did we get done this year? A bunch, I think. Probably. Let's let's look. We're, we're on episode... This is episode 71 that we're recording now, I think. Um, things that are marked as one year ago is episode 50. So we did over 20 this year. Yeah. Which uh, I think means we stuck to our schedule mostly pretty well. Yeah. I mean, so 52 weeks in a year, if we absolutely stick to our schedule, we should do 26, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're pretty close. Go us. <laughs> a little self-congratulations party. Yeah. All right. So we will see you all in two weeks uh, to talk about Gris. Uh, do you want to do plugs? Plugs. We can do plugs. Uh, hello. I'm Kelso. You can find me on Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb. Uh, you can also find the podcast Twitter at Feedback Force, which is just me, but I pretend it's all of us. <laughs> kind of. I I, I, I often retweet things from the, yeah. uh, from that Twitter, so it's sort of also me. Yeah. Uh, if I retweet, if I retweet something, you can assume I endorse it. Yes. For the most part, if I don't retweet something, you can also assume that I endorse it. Yes. Um, I am at Kyla underscore go on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me there to get information about my streaming schedule. Uh, I stream on in general on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time, uh, streaming old retro video games. Um, we just, we're just playing Metal Gear Solid right now. We just got to the second disc, uh, today in Metal Gear Solid, which is very exciting. Nice. Uh, and between games, I usually put up a poll, uh, on the Twitter to, so that people can help me pick what I'm going to play after that. So follow me so you can keep an eye out. Yeah. And I'm Carl. You can follow me on Twitter at Skug3. For pearls of wisdom. No. <laughs> You're not I'm, I mainly use my Twitter to just like stuff that I'm gonna 
that I either need to come back to or that looks pretty. I mean, fair enough. I found out the other day that uh, the the origins of the word wizard, because you know how like a, a drunkard is someone who drinks a lot? Mm-hmm. A wizard is someone who wise a lot. It's like who is wise. Huh. So wizard. That's... Not someone who wishes a lot. <laughs> no, someone who wise a lot. That's and I always feel like nice. saying like a great like not really insult as a man. What a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna say about Carl's Twitter. Carl, you're such a wizard. <laughs> is that right. is that better I don't or know worse? How to feel about that. Is that better or be- <laughs> is that better or worse than being a wiseo? Like a Tommy Wiseau? Better, I think. <laughs> Alright, anyway. Follow us, follow the podcast, listen to old episodes, rate us on iTunes and SoundCloud, leave reviews. We love, like, reading things that people say. Yes. So send, send a letter. Yeah. Send us a snail mail. You'll have to do some research to find our addresses, yeah. but we're not going to give you those. Send us a carrier pigeon? Ooh. Yeah. Let's throw it back. Alright, my, my internet is suddenly becoming weird. Uh, so I'm a, we're, let's wrap it up here. Oh, one more thing. If you uh, really want to talk about Gris, if you have been looking forward to it, uh, drop us a line. We will would love to have uh, guests, because having guests is great, just in general. Yep, and all you have to do to be a guest is tweet at Kelso or tweet at the podcast and say that you would like to be a guest. Uh, and then as long as you've played the game and have Skype, you can come and join us. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks for the end of year. Yep. Farewell. Yeah, hopefully everybody will have some, like, New Year's resolutions to talk about next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. See you later. Bye. Bye.